Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. There's also a lot of ways to repeat affirmation, not just with my book and and yoga. You can do games. All kids love bubbles, right? So you can Mm. just pop bubbles and say some affirmations. Every time you pop a bubble, I am beautiful. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 324. Today, we're talking about affirmations for parents and kids with Dr. Sandy Zanella. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Hey, welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hi, I hope you are doing okay and you have survived. If you're in the U.S., your Thanksgiving with your family, okay? Oh my, Thanksgiving. It really, it's amazing. It kind of, you know, we get back into that parent-child relationship again and isn't it interesting, right? It's like, you know, we we kind of think like we, you know, with our parenting, if we just, just say this, just say this perfect thing, we're going to be the perfect parent. And you know, Thanksgiving really shows us like there's a lot of stuff under the surface <laughs> that we have to deal with, right? Oh my goodness. But I'm so excited for you to be listening to this episode today. 
from talking to Dr. Sandy Zanella, mom of two, physician by training, kids yoga teacher, and she's the author and creator of Happy Yogis, which is a colorful post-by-post book inspired by her kids. And she wants to encourage children to love and accept themselves as they are and dreams of really helping families thrive and find joy together. So I'm so excited about this because affirmations, you know, it's interesting because I realize, you know, mindfulness is about coming into the present moment, right? Noticing the stories in our heads and being able to drop the stories because, you know, the thoughts in our heads are, they're kind of a virtual reality and we can come into real reality. But at the same time, like you're not going to stop yourself from thinking. We still have a storytelling brain. I mean, I've been meditating for over 15 years and I have a storytelling brain. And so I've been really excited about affirmations, working with shifting what are the thoughts and stories we tell ourselves. And that's why in Mindful Parenting, I created an hour long mindful parenting affirmations as a bonus that everyone gets when they're lifetime members in Mindful Parenting. And so I'm excited about affirmations, excited to talk to Zandi about it. We're going to talk about children's mental health and really cultivating that positive inner voice for ourselves and for our kids particularly. So awesome, awesome episode. I just want to say I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to talk to you today and I'm glad that we get to connect. And this is such an awesome episode. So join me at the table as I talk to Dr. Sandy Zanella. Well, I'm excited to talk to you and talk about your adorable book, Happy Yogis. But I think it's really fascinating. Like you're a, you know, you're a physician by training. You were, you were a GP before you had your kids. And, you know, you, you've said that like you think mental health is more important than academics. And I would just love for you to kind of talk about that a little bit. Like, and I, cause I, fully believe this too. Like I, I completely don't check, you know, the grades are, are not important to me. Like I want to make sure they're mental, but I'm, I'm curious to, to see how you came to that way of thinking too. Especially nowadays, right. we've been going through a lot, adults and children. Um, but I think, um, ideally we would look for a balance, right? However, I don't think we can find uh, that balance if we're not mentally healthy. Um, This is going to impact on our academics and our grades because children are going to be uh, lack of, they're going to have lack of sleep. They're not going to be focused. And so that's going to impact in their grades. And then mental, like we start with mental illness impacting school performance. And then that bad academic performance is going to result in a poor mental health and then it's going to be a cycle. It's kind of like what came first, but I think if we don't have um, good mental health, then then we're not gonna be able to perform at our best. Like, you know, mental health is associated with better performance, increased learning, creativity, productivity. So I really believe that we should focus right now on mental health, especially in our children. I read this article that college students um, experience, 85% experience um, anxiety and stress on a daily basis. So imagine if those kids or college students were taught how to manage their emotions when they were little, like the way they would have navigated and their outcome would have been totally different. So I, I really believe that we should focus on mental health. So 
especially mm -hmm. in children like young children starting from yeah age. yeah i i definitely think it this it's like a movement because we were all realizing that like it it just affects everything and i'm wondering for you you know like you're a physician so you had to go through like the gauntlet of academic <laughs> training yeah. of like you know call you know undergraduate school graduate school physician training like how many years of like postgraduate work you know yeah. that that goes into that did you did were you did you have most physicians that i know had parents that were really into you know were were very success academic success oriented so i'm wondering if if that was like with the way you were raised with like a real emphasis on that academic success rather than like our mental well-being i am blessed because no my parents never pressure me in any way not in school not through med school never like they always showed how proud they were of me and so I never felt like, oh, I'm, I'm having a bad grade and I need to perform or I need to study more. <laughs> I never felt pressure. I, it was pressure about me, myself, you know, towards myself. But them, they were super supportive. Like that was something that never, never happened to me. Like my parents were pressuring me, thank God. Wow. So you're, you're, uh, 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 in the minority, imagine for for yeah. most people who are kind of in that in that training. Do you mind sharing, like, how were you how were you parented when you were when you were little? And I'm curious because it's, it's such an interesting con thing that we all go through. Like, we're we're all we're either taking some things with us or or we're wanting to like leave some things behind. So, what was what was your you know your upbringing like? Um, I think a lot of mixed emotions. Like, <laughs> um, my parents were very um, um, authoritarian. Like their style was authoritarian. Like the typical, because I say so, no explanation. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do the other. And I'm Mexican, so I don't know if this is cultural thing. And with the authoritarian style. Like there, I didn't have the nurturing, you know, I, I didn't hear uh, often that I was loved, that um, I was beautiful, you know, so that affected me and my self-esteem. Mm. Um, but I do, I am grateful because I know that they work with what they had, like the knowledge mm. they had from, the only knowledge they had from how the way they were parented Mm -hmm. um, and the resources that they had, which was like nothing because I was born and raised in Mexico. And so imagine in a small town, like they didn't have access to books or articles, you know, back then. No internet. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Um, so I, I, I know that they broke cycles. You know, uh, they they were spanked. They were not even spanked, like kid, you know, like big time. And they didn't do that to us, me and my brother. So even though um, it was very threatening, it was very dry, um, I, I know that they were trying their best, just how all parents were trying, you know, but thank God now we have a lot of resources that we can, like, for example, now your podcast, like I, I know a lot of uh, people are listening and they are getting pieces here, here and there. So, you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of knowledge 
that our parents didn't didn't have and yeah it was very authoritarian <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i mean but uh, considering that t- time you know there are still so many parents today who think that like spanking is uh, uh, something that you should do, yeah. you know, is so for, to, for them to have that restraint raising you, that's that they were, they were maybe ahead of their time. Cause that wasn't, that, that wasn't my parents in like Rhode Island. So your parents in Mexico, maybe, you know, it's from what I understand yeah. as a person who would a white woman born and raised in Rhode Island, it seems more, <laughs> authoritarian from the people I've talked to and the friends I have that are okay. Mexican who've seen that. But, um, so good kudos for, to your parents for, oh, thank you. <laughs> and there, yeah, go ahead. I see the way they, they, um, approach my children now, like they tell them they love them, you know, they are more, but I, I think what, what affected me the most, like if we are talking about like the, the outcome, um, is that that I didn't have hugs, you know, mm. like I couldn't go and hug them. It, 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 even now it feels kind of weird, even yeah. though we kind of like hug more. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but um, uh, I, and I see that they do it with my children now and they do it with me too, because I think they they evolve, they're reading and, you know, so I, I'm, I'm glad that they, they're changing. They're trying to become better, even with my, my kids. Go parents. That's great. <laughs> so what, what are some things that you want to take from them and bring into, what are some things that you take from them you really want to bring into your parenting? And what are some things that you're changing and doing differently? The support that they always gave me. And, and now I think, yeah, I, I um, the way they show me how they love me is different. You know, like they, maybe they was not like this, um, with uh, but we were doing stuff like it was fun and I one thing that I really want to do with my my children is like every day we would go and watch the sunset and we would just go and slow down stay there and make a wish like that's something that stayed with me forever you know and I think they weren't even trying to slow down I think they were just you know like they didn't even know what slowing that meant probably but we were doing that every day I don't know mm. I'm gonna actually ask who who came with that idea but we were doing it every single day we were, because we live by the beach so um I think stuff like that like um being teaching them how to be there enjoy the moment and and be supportive with anything like none of my parents or my family studied medicine and still they they did their effort to send me to school you know and 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 that and what i wouldn't do is just the communication the bonding the mm-hmm. emotional connection i am really trying hard to tell to affirm my kids that tell them i tell them thousand times that i love them uh, what i think is what i wanted to hear you know, like I'm, I'm doing what I, what I wish I would have heard when I was little, like, you know, you are beautiful or you're doing amazing because even if you, yeah, they are supportive, but they will never tell you, wow, mm. you did amazing. <laughs> never, mm. like never. They like how you were asking me before, like about their grades, they never pressured me, but they also never praised me. Like they never say, "Whoa, wow, you did amazing!" Oh, you did this never. So mm-hmm. it was always 
I was always thinking, mm, did they, are they proud? You know, mm. they were saying, but it's, it's something weird. Like the, the way they, they, they approach and, and made me feel was like, they were not proud because of that. So I think I just want to make sure that my kids know that I love them and I, that they can come and hug me and they can come and tell me anything what they want and I'm going to be there for them. Not scared, you know, that I want them to come to me first, even if they did a mistake, because I was scared, you know, I would, <laughs> I would never go to them in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. Not, not be, wanting to go to my parents, but it's funny because as you describe your parents, like all the work that I did have done with mindful parenting, like a lot of it like stems from my relationship with my father and not wanting to have the temper that I inherited from him. And, yeah. and, you know, and, but one of the good seeds, you know, and, and he had a big temper and I was spanked, but like one of the good seeds that he passed onto me that was really wonderful. It was this like affirm, like as you're describing it, it was this affirming thing, like just appreciating, telling me how proud he was of me, telling me oh. love, you know, all of these things like, and that was um, just saying that stuff out loud mattered, you know, it really matters to kids. So, you know, you do, you, in your book, you you talk about like affirmations and things like that. And this is something that I've come around to a lot more. I used to kind of have the kind of the cultural idea of affirmations like, oh yeah, right. You know, like we would kind of like it culturally would be made fun of in Saturday Night Live or whatever. And, <laughs> and I used to have this kind of like cynical idea about it, but now that I understand more about the way the brain works and how we have this natural negativity bias and yeah. that it takes actually our default brain is naturally kind of anxious and negative, negative. you know because yeah, we're just so like sad. we evolved this you know it's just part of our survival right like that's just the way it is that's the default so it takes effort to train the brain to be more positive and to find the good and things like that so i'm curious for you about how you came to like the work that you've done clearly with like you, you know the yoga and but specifically the affirmations because it sounds like that was like the voice that you didn't have in your head. You didn't have growing up. It was something that you yeah. had to consciously cultivate. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. 
That's it. Understood explains. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, I think that's that's why I wrote, wrote this book with affirmations because it's something that affected me and that I had to work hard with my self-esteem, self-confidence, you know, till these days. Um, and I think our inner voice is based on the things we've heard as a child. So that makes our parents like, or our caregivers, what they say about us, it's going to impact in our self-talk. So um, yeah. for me, affirmations, I've seen that the benefit myself and my children, like for example, my daughter, she has very curly, beautiful coils hair, like beautiful, like you can see my hair is like wavy. And so for me, it was easier to just grab the iron and kind of style it, not straight, but not curls. So when she was like four, um, she was like, mom, I want you to do my hair like yours. And I was like, wow, no, your hair is beautiful. You know, and that shocked me. I was like, wow, she wants to have my hair, but she was like beautiful hair. And I was like, no, I, I got like very anxious. And I was like, I, th- I threw my iron and I was like, no, I'm going to wear my hair how it is. And so I, and, and she started saying that she didn't like her hair and she didn't want to have curls, you know? So what I started doing, it was like, I, we've always done affirmations, like, but very general. I am beautiful. I am unique, like not focused. But this time I was like, let me focus on her hair. And so we were specifically repeating affirmations um like i have beautiful hair i love my hair i love my curls and we were doing that every morning and now like it it didn't took us years but like now um she loves her hair like every time someone stops her and says oh beautiful hair she says thanks and she smiles because she knows she loves her hair and and so that's the power, you know, she believed that, that her hair is beautiful. And I was telling her her hair is beautiful. But also I I had her tell to herself that her hair was beautiful and that she loved her hair. And now she she's <laughs> she's obsessed with her hair. So, yeah. And you showed her, too, like, you know, you you you, you know, accepted and embraced that part of yourself too. You know, yeah. I think there there's part of that too. How did you discover affirmations as a tool in general? And what were some of the first ones you ever said to yourself? Yeah. So when I was pregnant, I started um, going to prenatal yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. I had just moved to Miami. I didn't know anyone. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go to a class and I chose prenatal yoga. I wasn't into yoga by, back then. And so our teacher, she was a doula. And um, 
me, I always thought, oh, I'm going to, I hope I'm going to have a C-section. You know, I was skinny and I was like, I want to have a C-section. I don't want to have a baby, like natural, vagina, like natural. I don't want to suffer. I had that mindset because yeah. in Mexico, like the rates of C-section for no reason are like super high, like 60%. They choose when they want to have their baby and that's it. And so I had that, that idea. And this teacher, she started like repeating affirmations and mantras and all, and she changed my mindset mindset from I want to have a C-section to I want to have my baby natural and without epidural, like mm -hmm. <laughs> through my whole pregnancy, repeating, you know, um, my well, body is, is, is my, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the affirmations that she had you say? Yeah. She was like telling us that I don't specifically remember, yeah. but like things like um, my body is wise and smart and knows what to do mm. i am ready you know i am prepared i am strong and stuff like that like really believing that naturally i was made to have babies so i could do it i could do it and there's nothing to be afraid of you know i'm strong mentally also mm -hmm. so um that was the first time i think i heard affirmations mm -hmm. or that i realized what were they for and from then on, I was in love with that. Like I was using them every every day, and that's how also my self esteem, I changed my self confidence also because I I always was like I I thought I was shy, but I think it was like my self confidence. Like I was not confident to to even make friends. You know, I was very I thought, I, but now that I that I realized, I think it was that I didn't have self esteem, you know, high mm -hmm. self esteem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, I, I think about that, like as parents, we want to, you know, we, there are lots of moments where we're kind of critical of our kids and kind of, we have to be sometimes, right. You know, like, um, you know, we've got to brush yeah. those big knots out of your hair, honey, or like the, the orange peel is on the counter or whatever it is, right? Like yeah. your stuff is everywhere, right? We, there are those, we have to point out those things if we want to have kind of a healthy, uh, you know, a, a reasonably like uh, flowing household. Right. But, um, but the, that voice of that, that criticism becomes kind of embedded. And if we don't have that counter voice, then it really, it, that becomes really dominant. I mean, it's not everything. There is that natural negativity bias, which yeah. leads to that criticism. And then, you know, it's like, actually I had to talk about that with my kids recently. It was like, oh, my negativity bias met your negativity bias as my 14 year old <laughs> and I discussed something that happened and we kind of laughed at it, but like it, that you, what you're doing is really training your mind to do something different, to do this positive thing. And just with practice and repetition, uh, your, you, it, start, it helped you. Did it help you with your birth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end, I had to have epidural because the, the, my, the nurse said, like, you know, you are so stiff. Like, you're not relaxing because you're trying to contain the pain. So please let me put the epidural and then you're going to relax and then you're going to have your baby. And otherwise you're going to have to have a C-section because you've been too long with your, my water broke. Like mm -hmm. it was like 20 hours. So the doctor's like, is this or, or you're going to surgery. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was like magic. You know, epidural. <laughs> 
And then with my second, I was like, okay, I want the epidural right away, like the beginning. And then for some reason, my, my boy was like, his head was big. And so I was pushing and he was coming back. And the doctor, she said, you know what? I'm going to have to take out the medication so you can feel the pain and you can push him out because we were there. I was pushing for one hour. I was exhausted. And then I was like, oh, karma. <laughs> I wanted to have my first without epidural. Now they're taking it. <laughs> So I be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, you know, you're now, so you learn these, these affirmations as like when you're pregnant and, and have you incorporated them into your life in other ways? Like, yeah. What um, are some of those ways? Now, for example, I've been like with my book, I've been trying to, you know, be, keep positive, being grateful that my book is out there and, and repeating that um, people need the work, the, my mission that I am sharing with the world, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm trying to and also to to because I keep working with my confidence. I, mm-hmm. I, I this is a non work like progress, you know, like so I, I think I am way better than I was before because it really impacted like I was very at some point I couldn't even choose anything you know nothing with my husband at some point I think also like with the with the postpartum anxiety and all of that like it increased but at at some point I couldn't even choose what where I wanted to go what I wanted to do you know Mm. so I started working on my self-esteem that way like I am confident I I am I am um, able to choose whatever I want, uh, and and I have the skills what I that I need. You know, no. because I'm Margaret and I'm Amy, and together we host the podcast What Fresh Hell: Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. 
And does the voice like, like in your head, is there like a counter argument that happens sometimes? Like that's the, sometimes I think the problem with their affirmations is that, you know, I might say to myself, like, I am confident. And part of me is like, no, you aren't, you know? So like there becomes this like kind of inner argument. Now, does that happen for you or or what, what, what do we do when we, I mean, I've heard that you can say like, may I be confident, right? Like, may I, may I have this? So I, what has that happened for you? Yeah, not really, because I, I really, I want this to, to be true. I think with me, it doesn't happen because it does happen to, to some people. But for me, it's like, I kind of tired of being, um, not being able to ask for things even you know like before like when I started um I was very insecure I couldn't even ask for a favor or to my mom to to help me with my baby you know I was very insecure so I think I needed like inside me I I, I was like I'm ready to just change my my like this beauty about the brain like neuroplasticity you know like I was ready to rewire my brain and say like I don't want this negative anymore and and so if that happens to me yeah I do say may I or I am ready to do this like I am Mm -hmm. ready to I don't know, whatever goal and, and be more specific. Maybe I am, maybe sometimes, yeah, I I am beautiful. And maybe we don't feel beautiful. Like there's people who really, they don't feel beautiful. And it's kind of like looking in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I I don't feel beautiful. So Mm -hmm. just like by um, going back a little bit and just being grateful for whatever you have, like maybe in at night, what I, what I've done when I work with my body positivity, is at night I am grateful for my legs that they help me go to places, you know that kind of thing. Like maybe not mm-hmm. starting straight to to um I have the most beautiful legs or, or whatever yeah. to just um you know I am grateful for this part of my body that helps me I don't know hold my kids or yeah. or, or my mm-hmm. belly that you know like I gave life or stuff like that. So just start like with not that straight yeah yeah not going to the most difficult area but kind of like may I appreciate that my eyes can see these beautiful things you know I mean there are people who can't see you know may I have two legs that I can walk with my children two arms I can hold them and many there are many people in the world who don't have two two legs or two arms to hold their children. So it really is uh, important to appreciate those things. My my teacher, um, the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, he says, may I appreciate my lack of um, earache in this moment. And I think that's wonderful, right? Because when we have an earache, we're like, that's all we can think about. But, you know, and, yeah. and then not having an earache, it's just kind of a neutral moment. But if we can then say, oh, isn't it so lovely that wow. I don't have an earache yeah, right now? It becomes exactly. a positive moment. We can start to we can start to turn neutral things into positive things or or even negative things into positive things. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And and I think being grateful for everything, like also when you were saying, um, my daughter sometimes she's like, Oh, I'm tired of walking, you know, and I always tell him, 
why don't we just say, oh, I'm grateful for the leg, my legs, you know, because my mom, she's having some issues right now with her legs. Like we've been going through a lot of doctors and they still can't find what she has, but she has a lot of pain. She cannot be standing for more than 15 minutes. So I'm like, you remember Nona? That's how we call her. She can't even walk for 10 minutes. So let's be grateful because we can walk and we can go to the supermarket and, you know, like turning that negativity into being grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a lovely way of looking at it. I think our, our only danger might be to like, that we're dismissing their feelings, you know, that like, oh. <laughs> you know, that, um, that we're not kind of hearing or seeing like them, but at the same time, kids can complain a lot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, this is when, yeah, no, this is when we were at the mall and we just stepped out from the taxi and she just didn't want to walk. Oh my gosh. You know, like I, I know that she can walk at that point, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hear them, hearing them. <laughs> so I love happy yogis. It's so nice. So uh, when did you start practicing yoga with your kids and, and how do you incorporate the yoga and the affirmations in with your parenting and with your kids? I, I know that we want to know more about that. Um, so after my prenatal yoga, I was like, I need to do something about like yoga and and it started just because I wanted to do yoga with my daughter so I did the train the teacher training when she was seven months um and then I started giving classes when we were living in Miami and she was little um and then we moved to LA and and I just didn't I, I then we moved to New York and you know we were moving a lot so I just had to stop but I continued doing yoga with my daughter and then I got pregnant and started with my son but <laughs> my son didn't was not interested like he was like I don't care what, what you're doing like my daughter she she was like yes let's do it and till today she's the one who is uh, like very into it um but like I don't know six months ago my son like all of a sudden he, he's I think he's more into the mindfulness part he just sits down and and he starts like meditating. You know, he sits and he, he sits down and um like this, um, you know, like five seconds if you want. But he knows that he can go and sit and meditate when he's feeling overwhelmed or when he's fighting with my daughter. You know, like so. I think he's more into that side of yoga like the meditation, the mindfulness part. And my, my daughter is more into the movements. She mm. loves dancing. And, and so I always put together like affirmations with the poses because I think it's more powerful to repeat the affirmation when you are doing the pose, like you really feel it. Mm. Like depending on the type of, of style of yoga that you're doing. But I love the feeling, you know, when you are like goddess pose or I am, I am strong or plank pose, you know, and you're saying something related to that pose. Mm. It feels very powerful. Oh, I love that. I've done a little of that, but it's not like something I've been exposed. I've, I've found around in yoga classes in a lot of different places. So what, so some are the like goddess pose is for those who don't know, like a, you're kind of like in a wide legged squat, and saying, you know, I'm, I am strong or plank poses like on your elbows doing a plank and, and I'm strong. What are some other positions where you might do an affirmation? Um, downward dog, 
upward dog, cat and cow, like well, what might you say? Cat <laughs> for like cat, downward dog. <laughs> downward dog, I put uh I am beautiful. Mm. And and cat, I am kind. Um mm. three pose, um um three pose, I am confident. Mm. Uh, yeah, so and I see my daughter. She has a lot of fun, like repeating them, and and she she puts a lot of effort, you know, in the pose, and and she I I, I can tell that she feels the affirmation. Whereas like when we're just repeating them um, in the mirror, or or there's also a lot of ways to repeat affirmation, not just with the, my book and and yoga. You can do games, um, like. My kids love, all, all kids love bubbles, right? So you can mm. just pop bubbles and say some some affirmation. Um, every time you pop a bubble, I am beautiful. I am, you know, and, and mm. it becomes like crazy, right? Like they just throw affirmations like bah, 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 or whatever they feel about themselves. Sometimes they, my, my daughter, when she was younger, she would say, I love ice cream, you know, <laughs> because they don't really yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. That's just a positive statement too, yeah. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm confident. I'm beautiful. I love ice cream. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So we can do it in a yoga practice. We, you know, and yoga practice for kids would be short, right? You know, for if somebody has the book and is like wants to do some yoga practice with their kids, it would probably be pretty short, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. And well, I actually made the book like um kind of like if you want to have it in your common corner or however you want to call it, like maybe you don't want to read the whole book. Maybe you just open one page and their favorite pose, like my daughter's favorite is um, um, camel pose, which is like a bending backwards. Um, and then I am unique. Mm. And just that, like maybe sometimes when she's like um, overwhelmed or, you know, I, I can tell that she's going to have a meltdown or something, especially when we come back from school, like they've been sitting all day, you know, and those transitions. I just go and, and I grab the book and I say, like, do one post. Let's do one post. And, you know, it's kind of like reset. And mm -hmm. you don't need to go through the whole book to understand what you're doing and, and, and to just open the page and do any pose that you want. And that's it. Close the book and we go have lunch or dinner or whatever. So I wanted to make it, like, very easy to, to use at easy. night before bed, maybe. Um, boat pose or something or maybe the meditation you know reading the the meditation before before going to bed that was the and the these idea. are all things that we need to incorporate into our own lives so that they can see us walking yeah. the talk and not just something like <laughs> yes. here you seem dysregulated why don't you do this thing right <laughs> so what how are you what are some of your own mindful self-care practices I love meditating. For me, I'm I'm kind of like I need to meditate, but I also love mindful walks. Like I think that's like my best thing to do because sometimes I don't want to be like sitting or laying. Sometimes like I want to move. So mindful walks, just walking and breathing. You know, like not going. I I'm not going to the supermarket. I'm not going anywhere. I just want to walk, and and be there. And, 
try to not think about anything, you know, just being present in the moment and breathing, not judgmental with anything not thinking about I need to cook or I need to clean or, mm-hmm. you know, my kids need to do their homework, nothing. I just love, enjoy walking. Mm-hmm. That's something that I really love. Yeah, I think it's a great practice, especially if you have little kids at home and all of those responsibilities at home and all that stuff to tag out (laughs) and say, (laughs) you know, I'm going for a walk for 20 minutes and just walking without your phone, with your footsteps, touching the earth, breathing in, breathing out, being where you are, noticing where you are, noticing the state of your body, your mind, your environment. That's powerful. It's a powerful reset. Yeah, and I think I think my kids also love like um, walking, and but they also my son the other day, uh, my husband was coming out from the room and I was meditating, and and my son was like, "Shh, Mama is meditating." Like they know when when I am meditating, they know that they're not supposed to like, or they they mm-hmm. not not that I tell them don't come because even if I tell them they're gonna come, like but it was funny <laughs> because I never told him. I never told him not to come, but for some reason he understood that I was doing that. And he just went to my husband and said, Shh, I'm meditating, don't scream. <laughs> because he was like, baby, you know, calling me from the other room. Yeah. So I think they know, they know that. And how you said, like modeling is the best way to teach our children, I think, anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so having them see by see by your example and Dear listener, you are allowed to tell your kids not to come <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> and uh, if they are not the type that would say immediately come in as soon as you say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The opposite. <laughs> I know. I know. Reverse psychology. Please come in. Come in. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So kids... Uh, you you've seen like your kids able to able to meditate able to practice yoga do mindfulness do these affirmations um what uh, you know what other suggestions do you have anything that we haven't covered to for parents who would like to start to incorporate some of these practices with their kids and i guess you know my my statement would be if you're listening, start young. Cause this is like my 11 year old, my 14 year old would give me the big old eye roll at this point, <laughs> unfortunately. So let's assume you have some young kids, parents with young kids, and they don't <laughs> want their kids to be rolling their eyes at meditation when they're 14. How can we start them off younger and do some of these practices? Yeah. I think like uh, the best way is modeling, doing it yourself and have them come when they're ready. I don't like, even if I am a yoga instructor, you know, I don't like to tell them, oh, it's eight o'clock. Let's do yoga. Let's meditate. Like, I don't want them to feel pressure. I want them to, to really want to do it. So I think if you start doing it first, also to know what you're doing, you know, as a parent or as a teacher, maybe for their classroom, to really feel comfortable with the with mindfulness, what it is, how I feel, the benefits, and then you're gonna be able to show them to your chi- to your children, and by doing it, because children will always come to you, right? Like they will always come. Whatever you're doing, they will be there next to you, and so 
they will come. Like, how is it with my son? Like he did he was not into it until six months ago that he started. And and at some point I was like, oh my God, my son, I'm a kid yoga teacher and my son doesn't like yoga, you know, but I didn't pressure him. And then eventually he's coming and he's doing it. That's why I ad- added him to the book because he was not, originally he was not in the book. It was just me and my, do- and my daughter. And then when I saw the interest, I was like, okay, I call my illustrator and I was like, you know what, let's add him because then I'm going to feel bad that I, I didn't put him in the book and so but you know also like um maybe having a special place like where they know that they're safe and they know that they can um have the tools to to manage their emotions and when they feel like meditating or when they feel like maybe reading a book also not just when a big emotion is happening but also like a big in a in a sense that maybe they're mad or sad but also when they're happy like this is going to be their safe place and this is going to be the place where we can have books about mindfulness books about meditation games I think games is the best way to approach children because they learn playing like everything is about playing so if you have games um, or even a regular game maybe you have a Jenga and and you can write a, a pose and every time you take it out, you do a pose or repeat an affirmation. You, know, you could just put a sticker and you write down a yoga pose, tree pose, and then you take it out and do a tree pose. So just mm, uh, adding, adding like games, who, who doesn't like to play the kids, right? And then that's the best way to teach, I think, for children is by, by playing um, breathing, we have different things like we we have this um, um, how you call it the pinwheel. The one yeah, that... yeah, the breathing pinwheel. Yeah, we have that uh-huh. actually in mindful parenting. We have a little pinwheel oh, yeah? uh, template that you can print out. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. So you know things like that, toys or toys that they usually have, like turn them into into something that it's going to help them. I think that's the the best way for them Mm. to learn. I love this. This It's an invitation for you, dear listener, to think creatively about what's around you. I love this idea of the Jenga. That's super cool. Um, You could even do it with blocks too. It's really neat. Yeah, yeah, Uh, exactly. Well, Sandy, it's good with them. Yeah. Oh, like do do the blocks with them, like write down the affirmations with them. Yeah, because sometimes we... And now, or sometimes we're like, okay, here's the book, read it yourself. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's show them also that we want to do it because here's the blocks, play with them, you know, like, and I'm going to be here re- looking at my phone. Like, I think it's a great way to bond and, and have this connection. And they see that it's beneficial for, for both. I'm really glad you added that. That's great. Um, Sandy, it's been so lovely to talk to you. I'm, I'm really, uh, really enjoyed it. And I think these are such helpful ideas for us. Um, so dear listener, grab the book, Happy Yogis, a fun kids yoga book with positive affirmations. And um, Sandy, where can people find out more about you and what you're doing? Um, I am on Instagram, uh, happy at happy.yogis.com book <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I'm confused at happy.yogis.book and I also have my personal at my mindful mom life 
and my book is on Amazon, Happy Yogi's book. And mm -hmm. I have both versions, English and bilingual, which is Spanish and English. Oh, that's cool. I love the bilingual books. We had a book of like, Hello Ocean, and it was Hola Mer, and it had like the, oh. it had both there. So we got to sort of learn some of the Spanish words. Which oh, was, that's nice. Yeah. Um, cool. So get the bilingual version, dear listeners. So cool. Uh, thank you so much, Sandy. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad that you shared your learning and your journey through this book. It's it's really uh, a really wonderful addition to what's what's out there. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Hunter, for having me. I'm so happy. What do you think? Are you going to try some affirmations now? I mean, I'm, honestly, they really do make a difference. They make a difference in how, so I'm, one of the ways I'm practicing them is I'm writing down at night, I write down five things I'm grateful for, just a little list, and then I write down the affirmations I write down, I am enough, and I love and accept myself exactly as I am. I write these down right before I go to bed to really just bookend my day with this uh, positive inner voice. So anyway, I hope this has been a really helpful episode for you. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review for the Mindful Mama podcast. If you find this episode helpful to share it, all of that stuff, all those ways, if you subscribe, leave a review and share, woo, that's like the trifecta. And that really helps support my team and the whole podcast, help us get it out to you for all 300 24 episodes. Amazing, right? So yes, please, please do that. Subscribe and leave a review. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I love hearing from people how it, it affects them and it, it really affects me. I love that we get to connect each week this way and I hope that it is helping you. I hope that is making a positive impact on your life. And I wish you an awesome week. I wish you peace and joy and I wish you some rest and downtime as well. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting Membership. 
you'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.